to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous, both on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. And you want to follow me there because you could also DM me there if you want to be on the show. Uh, this is a call-in show where people call in while remaining totally anonymous. I change everybody's voices. Everyone makes up phony names and they just call in and tell me their real stories. Um, if you want to call in and be a guest, you could either go to... Instagram, follow me there at Strict Anonymous or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Or you could send me an email directly, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. The great thing about Instagram too is that you, you could also just email me there. There's an email tab there. You could email me directly at Instagram as well to be on the show. Uh, if you want to, if you're listening on a podcast app, make sure to subscribe to my show. And if you can write a review, a good review, I love them. I read them. <laughs> I read the bad ones too. They're kind of funny. So today I have on Mikhail. Now Mikhail was a listener of my show and then he started following me on Instagram and he would DM me there and he became a Patreon member and he would always submit stuff for my Patreon and he was like, he submitted a little confession about, you know, flirting heavily with his wife's best friend. I thought it was kind of salacious. I made a video about it on YouTube. I'll put a link to that in the description. And I know that he had a little bit of a pantyhose fetish because he joined that tier on my Patreon. But it turned out he has a lot of other stuff going on, okay? And he was a great guest. He is a great guest in that this guy just got on, had a whole chronological order story that he told with all of the good stuff in there. I cut him off a couple times, which I didn't have to, and I shouldn't have probably. He could have just, you know, ran with it. But I had a couple questions. But really starts off like, this is a guy who... Yeah, he cheats a lot. Like most of the stuff that he has done, he has done while he's been in full-fledged relationships. But if he did this stuff even without cheating, it would be super interesting because, you know, he started out like a young guy, you know, going to adult bookstores and, you know, what he found there, what he got into, like glory holes and like sucking a dick and with, you know, and having his dick sucked by a guy. So it was like guy on guy action when he was super young and uh, and that continued. And then even when he was in relationships, he started to cheat with women, cheat with men. He went on to Craigslist and, you know, and that kind of pattern, and he calls it a pattern, sort of followed him wherever he went. He was in a profession where he wound up living in like every city you could really think of. And he talks about all the naughty experiences he had through Craigslist, the male-on-male hookups, the married men, the high-end escorts, the and the affairs. A couple times he got a little bit too involved, once with a high-end escorts, one with a woman. And you wouldn't believe who he's kind of fucking now behind his wife's back. I mean, it's like a guy and he's married and and it's in his building. Okay, he lives in New York City and he's like having a fair, not an affair, just like, you know, a hookup situation all on the DL with a guy. He gets specific about all 
that stuff. It's a super interesting story. So I'm going to get right to it and be right back on with Mikhail. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, hey, Mikhail, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? I am well, thank you. Well, listen, I know you from my Patreon. You're a Patreon member. I feel like I know yeah. you well because you chat a lot with me. You DM me pictures a lot to share on my Patreon. Follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, you became a Patreon, what I call a hoser, a guy that has a pantyhose fetish. I think that your pantyhose fetish really stems from a foot fetish. Maybe that's more exactly in yeah, line. Exactly. It's more of a foot leg fetish. Yeah, there also is, I have to say, and let me know if I can say this and I'll edit it out, but you did also submit a confession to me once, which made it to YouTube because I was like, oh, like this is like an interesting confession that maybe people like to hear. Because like, you know, you have this whole little thing that goes on where you like kind of very much flirt like touchy-feely kind of stuff but a hard a little hardcore with your wife's best friend and then I know another thing about you is you do have maybe some discreet male-on-male encounters correct am I correct with all that stuff yeah absolutely absolutely so you know definitely have like a way past like friendly flirty relationship with my wife's friend we've never had intercourse we've never had sex but we do have this thing where we've like groped each other yeah you know going going back a while you know it's like it's like a 10 year plus thing and i don't really know what to make of it <laughs> yeah i mean i thought you know I, I called into your confession listened to the notes and stuff and it basically just boils down to the fact that it's like two kids being really naughty and it's really hot and there's a risk reward thing to it which i think plays into a lot of like i don't want to say abnormal behavior but like outside the normal realm of you know sexuality i think a lot of like risk reward adrenaline type mm-hmm. rewards plays into a lot of the the behavior that i do which i know it does. Mm-hmm. i absolutely know it does so yeah i definitely have that definitely have a really strong foot fetish and i think i'm you know the hoser content and stuff i like and i enjoy but i'm definitely swimming against stream on a lot of tutorial choices that that uh why because maybe you don't wear or they wear and you don't or what what is it i I definitely don't wear Mm -hmm. and don't partake in that fetish but also i just have a very specific you know because my fetish is centered around legs and feet Mm -hmm. and how it accentuates those Mm -hmm. my fetish is more towards like you know how does how do stockings most accentuate a pair of really nice legs or like high arched feet Whereas I think for a lot of the hosers, yeah. the majority of them, the fetish is centered on in the actual piece of clothing mm-hmm. and the wearer or the, you know, the attributes of whoever is wearing them is secondary. For me, it's the opposite. Like if I'm not attracted to someone and I don't find their legs or their, their feet attractive, then I'm really not interested in the hosiery. Like it might catch my eye because I, I do, you know, like the look and aesthetic of it, but, you know, I don't be, I don't remain attracted to or interested in someone who I don't find attractive wearing hosiery just because they're wearing hosiery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this, though, because I just the third other thing that we are going to discuss is, mm-hmm. you know, some male-on-male encounters. Now, does yeah. that tie into the feet pantyhose thing? Like, I mean, is it, are you meeting those guys through that fetish or does that a totally separate thing that's more connected to that adrenaline you know, high that you get from doing naughty things. Yeah, it's definitely connected to the adrenaline. Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely zero crossover. I mean, yeah, okay. I, I do like cross dressers, but got to be like super feminine and petite. Mm-hmm. So, 
and I do like enjoy that aspect. But I don't have a foot fetish when it comes to men. And with the trans thing, I you know that's that's a growing fetish for me. I don't even want to say it's a fetish; it's a growing attraction for me. Yeah, not really sure where it's rooted, but it's always kind of been there. I remember the first time I saw cross dressers. Well, not the first time, but the first I guess real, real exposure. I remember being like, wow, I'm kind of into them. You know, high school. I think I was watching a John Waters movie. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so that, again, is a burgeoning uh, attraction. And then, yeah, the male-male hookup thing is, I think, very much plays into the adrenaline of getting away. Getting away with something I shouldn't be doing. Getting away uh-huh. with something is... And by thing you know, I shouldn't be doing, I mean, just getting away with something I'm not out I'm not out as bisexual. I don't identify as bisexual. And you're married. I'm married. Yeah, right, right, right. So that's to a what, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. So that's really what is wrong, right? It's it's cheating, whether it's the man or a woman. Let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. Do you also cheat on your wife with women or just Yeah, men? I'm a total, I'm, in, in terms of that type of stuff, when it comes to like relationships, mm-hmm. I'm a total slime ball, have been my entire oh. life. I, I, admit I love that. how honest um, you are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, straight up. <laughs> yeah, I, I admit I've never, I've never had a monogamous relationship. Going back to like my first girlfriend in high school, I'm right, never one. I couldn't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked to therapists about it, and there's any, any number of diagnoses, from sexual addiction to like, you know, repression and the Catholic guilt of you know growing up in a Catholic household. All of that sort of stuff plays into it, absolutely. Yeah, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, I. I'm just kind of like a hornball, and I always have been. And maybe you just are wired to like variety, and because you grew up in a different generation, maybe like you know you're. It's like the wrong generation for you because probably if you were, you know, if you were 20 now, you'd be able to yeah. be you without anyone di- trying to diagnose you because you'd just be like, yeah, I want to have a relationship with someone, but like let's fuck other people or like I just want variety, you know, because I think that that's yeah. more acceptable. And there are people that are wired that way, and that's okay, but not when you're in a relationship where you're. Clean Claiming to be monogamous, but I wonder, like, because the sexes that you get, you know, is kind of attached to like an adrenaline rush. If your wife, like, if I just like propose this scenario to you, if your wife was like, you know what, let's fucking open it up, like, go fuck somebody else, you know what I mean, and come home and tell me about it, like, would that be as hot to you, or do you need, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. You know, that, that's kind of an abstract for me, and I, I've thought about it, and I, I don't know the answer to that, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. I, part of me does kind of want to share, and, yeah, you know, especially because, you know, there's sometimes that, like, I'll, I'll meet somebody and be like, wow, you know what, I, I think she'd actually really get along with my wife. Um, yeah. There's, there's common personality traits, and I think they'd get along. I don't necessarily want to open up and have, like, orgies with my wife or have, yeah. like, three or whatever and the other thing too is i don't have any real particular emotional attachment to sex uh-huh. like being intimate with somebody for the first time yeah. in a relationship or whatever there that is not for me a real like high watermark where like suddenly you know we're like that much closer like i i become much more close to someone through just normal everyday physical touch and emotional sharing mm-hmm. and really gregarious naturally mm-hmm. And so I become much more close to people that way. Sex for me is kind of like, you know, fun, love doing it, can't get enough of it, but like not not the most emotional thing. Like I don't have these emotional attachments to sex. Right. But do you have emotional attachments? Do you ever, besides like the sexual things that you do behind your wife's back, do you also have like emotional affairs with these people that you're hooking up with? So yes and no. 
I generally have a lot of random hookups. You know, my outside activities, my outside of marriage activities are generally centered around uh, escorts for numerous reasons. Um, so there, no, although there is a story that we'll get into, we can get into later about mm-hmm. an actual like relationship that developed between me and an escort I was seeing mm-hmm. that went beyond the scope of like, you know, yeah, client and escort. Mm-hmm. It, thing but beyond that no you know it, it tends to be pretty random are the escorts ha- women or men or both yeah <laughs> Cross yes, the board. Both? um you know the, i think you know, several say, like, the 10 years, out of the 12 years that my wife and i've been together mm-hmm. i have had one affair with someone who was where, where it was really getting like emotional and i ended that because it was just getting a little too too much right inter- yeah i was getting too interconnected with like my daily life it was yeah. too much where like I felt that she, the person I was having an affair with, she deserved more from me, and I was never going to give it to her, be able yeah. to provide that because, you know, at the end of the day, I still really love my wife. Mm-hmm. I love our marriage, love the life we have together. Yeah. I didn't have this thing outside of it where it's like, part of it's like the adrenaline, adrenaline junkie. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's impulse control, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people do like you know overeating. Some people go on these spending sprees. I will, you know, when I was out of town, we'll go and see like three or four prostitutes or have wow. a bunch of random hookups. Like that's that's my stepping. That's your high. That's a yeah. High. That's my, yeah, yeah. That's my adrenaline high. That's yeah. my you know. That's your fix. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I but, you know, better than heroin, I guess. Yeah, well, I don't think your wife would agree, but for you, yeah, maybe, you know, I mean, listen, I think anything that you're using like that, it could be, you know, it's no, one one person is no different than the other person. I think whatever you choose is, you know, depends on sort of how you're made up, but I think the person that needs something, whether it's a shopping or thing, is underneath whatever that is, is the same thing. Can I ask you a question? Because I always feel like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times a woman or even a man, if you're with somebody who's like totally living a double life, sometimes like, you know, the the woman or the other person is sensing something and they act a little nutty or there is distrust there, but they don't really know. And then sometimes you hear about a situation like this and a couple like this where the one person is leading a very double life and the other person has not one fucking clue. And you're kind of like ignorance is bliss, you know, but like which yeah. one is your wife? Is she like... kind of distrustful and she doesn't know or does she just would she be floored that this is who you are you know on the dl yeah so she would be floored because i am pretty open and honest about things and right you know she i I joke about things and i'm thoroughly gen x and my wife is not and so she has some issues with like humor and some things that i find funny but i'm very open about um and you know we look we we live in manhattan Uh and you know, we're both in creative fields, and so we have, like, open, honest conversations with our friends just by nature of who they are. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we're friends with a lot of people who are outside the the box of what would be considered... Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, New York City. Right, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know exactly that... Yeah, I you, live here, yeah. And I know exactly the type of couple we are. You know, my wife's in a very creative field, and, and that is associated with, like, fashion, so... Tons of gay friends, you know, I am same deal. I'm in another creative field, really open, you know, artistic type people, a lot of whom are gay. So we just have like these open conversations all the time and we joke about things. And, but I think my wife would be totally floored if like she found out the full extent yeah. of my, 
deviance um it's just not the <laughs> yeah. full extent of like what it is i actually enjoy doing yeah so you know but at the same time i think she'd probably be like yeah i should have seen that coming now listen i know you're listening to my show because you like hot stories right Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. That's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictly anonymous podcast. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Don't we all like hot stories? I know I'm turned on by what I hear. And that's why I love Dipsy Stories. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories. You could search for any kind of hot story you want. They have girl on girl, guy on guy, trans, solo, dirty talk, and more. There is a hot story for everyone. And they release new content every week. So there's always going to be more to explore. They even have, okay, this is my favorite thing of Dipsy. They have a jump to the action button, which means if you're like, you know, want to have some fun and you just want to get right to the good stuff, there's literally a button you could push, go right to where the action starts and get right to it. And that's why you need to get right to it and download Dipsy app now. And just for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash strictly anon. That's 30 days of full access for free, okay? When you go to dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash strictly anon. dipsystories.com slash strictly anon. It's free. Go download it. You're going to love it. Thanks, Dipsy, for sponsoring this episode. Does she know about, let's get into a little bit about your foot fetish and your, yeah. you know, your host fetish Absolutely. for her. Yeah. Yeah. She's she totally to- knows about my foot fetish. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So did you put that you know, out there straight up in the beginning of your relationship? Is she still down with it 12 years later? Yeah, absolutely, because she gets foot rubs out of it. So mm-hmm. she's totally, <laughs> you know, at first that was something that was a little new to her. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, I met her when she was in her mid-20s, so she was kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, I know that some guys are like in defeat, just didn't know them full extent of it but it's a fairly common fetish mm-hmm. right I mean, by the time you're in your mid-20s i think every girl's like oh yeah i had my first experience with a foot guy yeah and there's varying levels of that you know i'm not like obsessive about my foot fetish i i've always liked feet i remember you know kindergarten before i was like sexually activated or aware you know my uh my kindergarten teacher or first grade teacher excuse me mm-hmm. used to wear uh espadrilles with uh new tights which will get your hosers yeah 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 that's the thing gonna- yeah, and I remember like looking at her feet as like a six, seven year old kid and being like, wow, those are really pretty, but not associating it with sex or, mm-hmm. and not being, you know, there was no association there. And I remember her husband once came 
and visited her and I was like, oh, I wonder if he has nice feet too. Cause she has nice feet, you know, that like yeah. really young, but then as I got older, you know, I just noticed that I was always centered on girls feet. You know, I would notice them. I enjoyed them, whatever. Uh, and then I started looking at, you know, adult magazines, you know, early teens, you start looking at adult magazines. <laughs> I discovered leg show, which was like eye opening. And, and I've always just been exploratory and, and read a lot. And John Waters, you know, it was a desperate living where there's a foot fetish guy in that movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I became aware of a foot fetish. And then I kind of started following that, you know, the path of like, this is now, you know, I'm in my teen years. So early 90s. You remember the early 90s? There were like tons of magazines and specifics, and there were all these latex and leather magazines. And I started reading those and looking at those. And, you know, they, they catered to fetish. Whatever fetish you had, you could find a magazine that was catering and specific to it. So right. I found fetish magazines. I will say, never really, really been my thing. It, it like the foot fetish specific magazines. I thought Leg Show was great. But beyond that, most of it wasn't to my, my liking. Either aesthetically, or I thought the production value of it wasn't very good. The photographers weren't very good. The the subject matters themselves, a lot of times, weren't very good. So I I, I never really indulged too much in that type of pornography. Mm-hmm. I've always been just like much more of an old school Al Goldstein Playboy pornography fan. So when you got into your relationship with your girl, you let her know straight up about the foot thing and it wasn't like no big deal for you to bring it up i mean was it something that you kept hidden a lot uh no you know so early on i had always been friends with girls mm-hmm. you know like early childhood I, my best friend when i was like you know nursery preschool up until like third fourth grade when she and her family moved i'd always just been really good friends with girls mm-hmm. and i had kind of like once or twice probably in my early teens mentioned it to a friend yeah i grew up in a pretty liberal area i grew up in southern western new england in a college town near the berkshires so it's like you know my parents were both academics liberal atmosphere my friend's parents were all associated somewhere or another with like either a couple of the universities in the area or directly with the universities in the area. So we all had like the same kind of like open liberal hippie parent upbringing mm-hmm. um, or pre hippie parent upbringing, but you know, pretty liberalized. So I, you know, I was lucky in that sense. And I got to talk to a lot of female friends at that age. And, you know, at one point I remember talking to a friend and being like, yeah, no, feet are cool. I like them. And she was like, well, you know, I like foot rubs. You know, I've gotten one or two in my life. She's like, but don't get creepy about it. Right. <laughs> that was like stuck. You know, like at an early age, women are just able to articulate that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, yes. and, you know, she was able to say, yeah, no, that's totally cool. Like, just don't be creepy. Like, everything's fine if you're not creepy. Well, what and they I mean is, like, is this going to be, like, am I sexually turning around? There's a big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. Uh, I was always able to kind of keep that in mind. And that was good advice, really good advice. I'm still friends with her, and every now and then I'll remind her that that was good advice. And she <laughs> yeah. actually is a friend who's, like, very aware of my deviancy and just oh. how much of a ball I am. And she, she's always just like, yeah, you're still a slime ball. Like, she's just accepting of it. She knows that, she knows that like, I'm perpetually going to be attracted to women, like, yeah, yeah, ages yeah. 22 to 26. Like, just <laughs> constantly jokes about it. It's just like, God, my, you know, she has two daughters and she's like, yeah, you've got another five years before I'm going to say you can't see your uncle Michael anymore. Oh, yeah, of course. But I was lucky in that end. Uh, I was also lucky in growing up in like one of these, like, it it wasn't by any means metropolitan or metro, Mm -hmm. but because there was some population density and this is like, you know, 
late 80s and early 90s, there were adult bookstores. And that led to another form of deviancy because I just, you know, at the age of like 16 when I got my license, drove a couple towns over and went to an adult bookstore, uh, was able to get in because I looked right on the periphery of like, like around 18, 20-ish. And there was like, you know, eye-opening experience I discovered. I was just walking through the aisles. And it was amazing. And I found like really weird things in the adult bookstore. Like they had like this massive collection of Helmut Lang books that I thought was really interesting or Helmut Newton books that I thought was really interesting because I was really into photography at the time. But I also discovered like that's where I discovered all these German fetish magazines and these British latex magazines that I thought were really interesting. Discovered light show. Mm -hmm. But in the back of adult bookstores, there were video booths. Right. In those video booths for glory holes. I never heard of, seen of, thought of a glory hole, but you know, nonetheless, I'm, I was just naturally curious. So went in and, you know, slid a dollar in and the next thing I know, there's like fingers at the glory hole being like, Hey, Hey, Hey. So I was like, okay, I'm, you know, what, 16, 17. And somebody wants to to blow me. Mm -hmm. I'm me, you know, like, there's no greater definition of horny than like a 16 year old, and it's totally anonymous. <laughs> no one's gonna know. So I stuck my dick through, and I got a blowjob, and I was like, "Wow!" Right. Oh, like talk about like bells and whistles and lights going off. So that was kind of like where I discovered like that, and that led into like me, you know, at the same time, going back to that bookstore fairly often because you know why wouldn't I? Um, if every time I knew I went to a place, I was going to get a blowjob. Right. But that led to me, you know, one time when I went in and there was a guy there and, you know, in the booth over, instead of a finger coming through, a penis came through. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, that's new. So I blew him. And I liked it. Mm -hmm. I liked it in the sense that, like, I was kind of like, huh, don't know if I actually really care to see the guy, but there's something that was kind of hot about it. Yeah. So that, that led to that. So then, you know, had normal dating life in high school, you know, no, like, but real can I just ask you a question? Let's just stop right yeah. there. Cause it's like interesting stuff. What, because, you know, before I'm saying like, oh, behind your, you know, sort of need for all this deviant behavior is like a big vapid hole, but maybe it's that because you're very, like your earliest sexual experiences were so supercharged. Yeah. I don't know, or or maybe everyone's first sexual appearance, I don't know, are so super surged, but maybe because of how it was happening in these bookstores, maybe that's mm -hmm. why, you know, you got wired for that, because that was that stuff early on. Were you, like, getting blowjobs from girls all the time, too, or was this, like, your primary way of, like, getting off, at like, or, you know, in the... Well, beginning? I had a pretty, you know, I had a pretty normal, you know, sexual life in high school. I had... You know, I dated like two different girls. Uh -huh. Lost my identity to a girl when I was like fifteen-ish. Okay. You know, probably like fifteen. So Normal. early on, sixteen. I mean, here you are, yeah. like really having these supercharged, you know, dirty, like you know, experiences, and you're going back yeah. for more of that. I mean, I think maybe, you know, that really wired you to that kind of sex, which happens. I think so, and I think you know a lot of it also has to do with. You know, I, I was doing a lot of, well, this is a little bit later, but segues into, yeah. you know, college. I started drinking a lot and, and doing a fair amount of Coke. I mean, this is like, you know. When everyone was doing it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, Coke was still, you know, pretty goddamn popular at that point. Yeah. And so I started doing a lot of Coke and, and drinking a lot in school, in college. Mm -hmm. to, that was my first foray into like a major metropolitan area. I mean, sure, I grew up like you know, an hour and a half outside of a, a major city, but it may as well have been, you know, 
the other side of the world because we just didn't didn't go to it very often. But through college, drank a lot, did a lot of drugs, had you know normal college sexual activities, didn't have a serious girlfriend, but had a lot of sex in college. Um, would actually go back to like my hometown ish that area, go to adult bookstores because there just wasn't any in in you know the Boston. Town, yeah, yeah, there wasn't any in Boston. Like Boston mm-hmm. sucks. You know that. Everyone knows that. And you know, I've been worried about offending your Boston listeners because they know it's a crappy city. So, you know, still indulging all that. Uh, and then, you know, I graduated college and I said, okay, you know what? I really do not want to be a drug addict. I don't want to do that. As romantic as it is yeah. to think of yourself as like a druggie when you're in your teen into college years, it's, it's not you know, once you get out, you got to pay bills and stuff. So we've clear across the country to like Los Angeles area. Got my first job out there in the professional world and everything was really great. I would go to adult bookstores every now and then. But for the most part, it was like pretty normal. Like my sex life was pretty normal. I was dating a lot I was in a field that was, there was a lot of gay men. And so I met a lot of women. It was just a relaxed atmosphere and it was a really good atmosphere to like meet up with and hook up with coworkers because it was just that like liberal and I don't mean politically, I just mean like it was a liberal workplace where, you know, you could go out for drinks with your coworkers that night and you hook up with one of the next day, it's like totally fine and normal and nobody really cares. Right. Now were you liberal hooking up with your male coworkers? No, 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 female. Just female. Females. The okay. male thing has always been, you know, a side hustle. Yeah. For lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm not attracted to men. Like if I see even if I see like, you know, John Hamm on the street. I'm not gonna be like, wow, he's hot. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like so even like the most prototypical attractive male, I can I, I can recognize that they're handsome, mm-hmm. but I'm not attracted to them. There's been one in my in memory that I remember being like, wow, yeah, he's hot. I would totally like date him. But beyond that, now again, pretty normal. Like early 20s, you're drinking, you're going out, you're going out with coworkers, you're hooking up with your coworkers. Nothing out of the ordinary, except. I was still going to adult bookstores occasionally to get like blowjobs or to give blowjobs, which in <laughs> retrospect, I'm kind of like, Jesus, talk about bad, dumb behavior. And then I discovered, and I had always, you know, going back to like, you know, when I was in high school and I saw this like drag show on TV, you know, I had always had this like lingering interest in trans and cross-dressers. And, you know, I'm driving around LA so I don't really know it all that well. And I'm just kind of like, you would occasionally like get in my car and just drive, right? You know, you do that when you're in a new city. Sometimes you just go and explore. Uh, and I came across this area of L.A. that had like two or three trans bars uh-huh. lined up. And there are all of these trans prostitutes standing outside. And I was like, wow, this is something I kind of want to experience. Like, I got to get closer to it. Yeah. Because I'm not like a strip club guy. I'm not like any of that sort of stuff. But anything that's like deviant or on the edges, I'm really interested in. Yeah. Anything, you know, like seedy. Yeah. You know. I, I just really like it. I like exploring. So, you know, get out and, and, you know, park my car and get out and kind of like walking. And I see this one trans girl who is just like a knockout, like to, to this day, the most passable trans woman I've ever seen. Like yeah. just a knockout. Um, and I'm walking. She's like, hey, looking for company. And at first that didn't register. And I was like, excuse me? And she's like, hey, looking for a date. And I said, I think I may be. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, though. And she's like, yeah, you probably are. Follow me. You know, again, retrospectively, this is like so dangerous and stupid, but you're in your early 20s. So that's kind of how I led my life. Followed her back to her place. We have sex. 
and it's like mind-blowingly hot for me. Right. You know, just hot. Part of it was because she was really hot. Like to uh-huh. this day, I like I said, she was one of the most attractive. I mean, she was just a knockout. Period. Like you would not say she's an attractive trans woman. She was just a knockout. But yeah, it was really hot. And afterwards, when we were getting dressed, and and I was kind of had some mixed emotions about it because that was the first time I had actually had sex with someone who had like you know male genitalia. Yeah. Uh, and she looked at me. She was like, "It's okay, you know. It's okay." <laughs> I remember thinking, "Yeah, it is okay." Um, and I was just okay with it after that. So I started like you know that got worked into my patterns where like you know it was like okay normal dating and and adult bookstores trans hookers yeah, normal yeah. dating adult bookstores trans escorts prostitutes yeah. like that was yeah. all normal but i also like had a normal dating life you know i was in la for like you know most of my early to mid-20s had like one long at that point in my life it was like a four-year relationship which was long for in your 20s mm-hmm. totally stepped out and cheated on her as often as i could you know, she knew about my foot fetish. She was indulgent of my foot fetish. Uh, you know, I remember at one point she bought like fishnet stockings from Wolford to like play into it because she kind of got, you know, she kind of liked it. It was like new to her as well, but she was like okay with it because I wasn't creepy. I took my friend's advice, you know, they held yeah. on to that advice. Yeah. Safe advice. Yeah. So that, like you, was most of my 20s. And then I moved across country again to DC, the DC area, which I didn't know anything about, but. You know, D.C. is like one of these towns that because there are, there's a real layer of deviancy under the, the surface. Oh, really? Uh, which makes sense, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, you know, pent-up politicians and lobbyists. Yeah. And people looking to entertain. Uh-huh. So it kind of makes sense. I've heard that about Tennessee, like, you know, uh, the Bible Belt, you know, because you got all this religious yeah. stuff and then you have this whole underground sex thing going on, you know? It's like, of course yeah, you'd find exactly. those two things there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's repressed and it tends to be, yeah. like, much more extreme because yeah. people in, like, those pent-up areas, and you're right, like, people in those areas where they can't be, like, open out and experience life in general, right. it's yeah. like, you know, when they can, they just dive in and go full bore. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't have a bondage fetish. I have like a leather daddy fetish that I'm going to explore heavily. Like, yeah, totally. So now you're in DC and they have this yep. whole underground thing that's perfect for you. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're also getting into like the internet age and, yeah. You know, God bless Craigslist. I certainly explored that to my, to the folks. And that was, 80 to 90 percent men and but occasionally a woman still going and seeing uh trans escorts um and there's a dc has like a huge huge escort industry for lack of a better term yeah um that's where i started seeing my first like female escorts as well uh-huh. and i really liked that because i could go and i could just have this like completely anonymous hookup indulgent fetishes uh, and then leave mm-hmm. and i great you know so I was there for like 10 years and I, I, all of the behaviors that had started to develop in Los Angeles just continued there, but significantly more male on male hookups, just these random Craigslist hookups because it was easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the first time, you know, it was the first time it went past like just blowing each other. There was, you know, I, I remember the first time it got like, there was a guy who, you know, he came over and he was like, I was giving him a hand job. 
And he was like looking at me like he really wanted to kiss me. Mm-hmm. And there was something about that moment that was like really hot. So I just leaned in and kissed him. And then it just like turned into like this full on, like really hardcore sexual experience with me topping him. And just after we, you know, after I came and after he came, we like parted ways and I never saw him again. But it was a really hot experience. And I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. Can I just ask a quick question? That was yeah. the first time that someone topped you or that no, you I'm topped sorry. someone? I, I, or... Yeah, that was the first time outside of like, you know, the trans. Yeah. And I don't really consider that, you know, like I don't consider if I have sex with a trans woman, I don't really necessarily consider it being a top because I view them as a female. Yeah. In that uh-huh. So, yeah, that was the first time I topped a guy. Okay, cool. And it was like it was hot. Yeah. But it was hot because like, you know. I got away with it, I think, partly. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, at that point, I was early on in my DC years, and I'm like, what, 27, had a female roommate, and remember, I, I had sex with him on her bed for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just, I think, probably, again, that, like, getting away with it thing. Yeah. So, but, like, that became another part of it. So then these Craigslist hookups went past just, like, anonymous, like, blow-and-go to, like, real hookups and i discovered all of these married guys who were into like these hookups and that went on i remember early on in my podcast when i was going to craigslist to find people because i would have to reach out and get people to be on my show i had a lot of that you know and i think it's because that was a place where there was a lot of married guys that were sucking dick on the side you know i just had you know and there was so much of that in my show if you look at the early episodes and i just couldn't believe the shit i was hearing from these guys you know because they would call in and tell Uh me because those were the people that i was finding on there you were finding them too (laughs) absolutely yeah you know and there you know there were a lot of them yes no shortage uh, you know, double list now is kind of like a, a replacement, but it's not nearly as good. I'll, we'll just say I miss Craigslist enormously. I couldn't believe what these married guy stories I'd have. I was always like, oh my God, like any woman who travels for business, like don't ever fucking travel for business because <laughs> the stuff that these guys would tell me that they would do the minute their girl was out the door with oh, a yeah. bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you have any kind of crazy stories of the married guys? Yeah, well, there's currently, yeah, now I do, and and we'll get to that because oh. you know my, the rest of my, like my twenties into like in DC, yeah. I was there for ten years. Kind of led that pattern, but I had, at at one point I had like a, a five year relationship thrown in there. So I was in the DC area for like ten years, half of which I was involved with the same person. Yeah, it was pretty serious. You know, it was like a five year relationship in your mid late twenties into early thirties. So that's the age where you're kind of like okay, if I'm with someone for, like, three years, is this going to lead to, like, marriage and stuff? And she had, like, this really shitty relationship with her dad, which I kind of... She was very, like, long-term relationship-averse, and I was totally fine with that. So, you know, that eventually ends, and I get a a job offer to move to New York, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely, I'll take it. And the first thing that kind of goes through my head is, wow, I bet there's going to be a lot more deviancy for me to get into up there. And there was, you know, it's New uh-huh. York, and you, you want it, you can find it. Same patterns happen. Met my now wife, mm-hmm. and there was like instant, immediate attraction, and all of the kind of bullshit I had said about not wanting to settle down, not wanting to be with someone, kind of went away the second I met her. She was the one. 
Yeah, like yeah. I knew it the second I talked to her. The guys are the pickers. I believe that. I think a man knows. Yeah. The, it's the only fucking thing a man knows. <laughs> I think women have a lot of intuition in every area of their life, but not yeah. with guys. And men have like not that much intuition in their life, but they have it when it comes to the girl they're going to fucking yeah. marry. They could spot yeah, her the, in one minute. I always hear that story, and I really believe the men are the pickers. For sure, absolutely, mm-hmm. and it was like the type of thing where you know, like yeah, she was younger than I was, and she fit all the boxes of yeah. like the, the thing that I'm into. And and I remember, you know, the friend who the don't be creepy about it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I met somebody. She started laughing. She's like, let me guess, she's recently out of college in her twenties, you know, yeah, early to mid twenties, uh-uh. brunette hair and petite. And I was like, yeah, yeah, she's all of those things, but like, there's something there. Like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I talked to her the other day for a half an hour about like the most random dumb shit and i loved every minute of it right and she's you know beautiful like i don't you know you can you know my instagram you can there's pictures over there she's beautiful like all these things she, she checked right but like none of the deviancy in me wanted to go away like i still really wanted to do all of that stuff i still wanted to indulge i really wanted to have my cake and eat it too mm-hmm. but i was thinking long term and i was thinking like you know all this sort of stuff met her best friend pretty early on and her best friend is like also really attractive. Uh, there was an there was an attraction, and there is an attraction between the two of us. But her best friend is also like kind of like me in that she's like super touchy, gregarious, will like lean on you know people when she's talking to them about drinks, whatever. And that just kind of like you know how like people find each other. We kind of found each other in that. And you know, going back to the confession, you know, there was a night we were out. The three was for us to dinner. And it was like this weird seating arrangement where my wife was sitting on a chair and her friend and I were, were like in the banquette seating. So we were like seated next to each other and it was the summer and I remember she was wearing like this maxi dress. And at one point I had my hand on the seat and she sat down on it. Like she just kind of like moved and sat down on it and it was purely like coincidental. Like I don't think she was purposely sitting on my hand. But she didn't move, and I didn't move my hand. And so, you know, it's a Mac dress. It's like the super sheer, thin cotton fabric. So I could totally feel, like, basically her skin. It was like she was just sitting there. And, and at first I was like, okay, I don't want to be awkward about this and, like, yank my hand away because yeah. I hate those types of moments. But I, then, you know, after, like, 10, 15 seconds, I was like, well, she's not moving either. So I just kept my hand there for a little bit longer. And then after, like, you know, two minutes, her, like, just sitting on my hand, I, like, slowly moved it and then put my hand on top of her thigh. And, again, she didn't do anything. She didn't react. And my wife's, like, <laughs> literally, you right know, there. inches away. Yeah. Didn't really see anything because it was just, like, you know, under the table. And it wasn't like I was moving and groping and stuff. But I had my hand on her thigh. And I was like, Huh. This is interesting. And there was no like reaction from her, just stone cold eating. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe she's just not reacting because she doesn't want to cause a scene. And so I moved my hand and then she slid her leg over closer to me so that it was touching my leg. Kind of like this, you know, mm, don't have to move your hand away type situation. So the rest of the dinner, I had my hand like on her thigh and I was feeling like, you know, the inside of her thighs. Again, through this like super sheer maxi dress uh, and it was really hot like i remember being incredibly hard throughout all of dinner yeah to the point where i was like shit i hope i don't have like a pre-cum stain on my pants like when her I too it. i'm sure it was hot for her too yeah and when we were yeah. leaving yeah you know uh we we're you know like 
saying goodbye and and you know outside the restaurant and she gives my wife a hug and a kiss and her she looks me dead straight in the eyes and just kind of like stares into my eyes and then we like hug and kiss goodbye yeah and i was like okay she was into that yeah like she was into it and so it kind of like kept rolling and, and it just got more and more and more um and we're friends you know like <laughs> really good friends she and my wife to this day are still really close friends so we see each other a lot and it just has kept going like we kept going to extremes and and i think i told you about like she and i once went to a movie together and like as soon as the lights went out we were like teenagers never kissed never anything like that just really heavy groping right and her like you know squeezing you know my my penis and stuff through the pants and you know i'm a guy i'm was rock hard in the middle of this movie so she's squeezing my erection and i'm like holy shit she's giving me a hand job through you know my pants this is like total teenage really hot but it's, it's never gone past that like we've never really crossed like the line yeah yeah like there's been like new year's eve kisses you know yeah major and and but we've never like there has never been nude contact right and been like you know full-on like really heavy making out there's been you know kissing in like new year's eve and like when we greet each other we just we kiss each other on the lips which is just how she greets probably like 80 to 90 percent of her close friends yeah so there's like nothing you know but you know it's still there and if we see each other and we're alone there's groping it's a it's a weird thing i don't know (laughs) where it's I, i i i've talked to therapists about it you know and they're like, yeah, that's weird. I don't, I don't know how to categorize that. It's like a totally new thing. And it, but it plays really into the adrenaline junkie thing. Like we're getting away with it. Yeah, and it's two people that are into like the whole tease and denial thing or edging, they yeah. would call it. You know, you guys yeah, are yeah. edging and some people are into that. I've talked about like just dry humping someone mm-hmm. once for all this time and we never ever fucked, but we just dry humped. I mean, there's something hot about that. When you get older and you could do whatever, there's something hot about that kind of thing because it's so different because you don't really do it. So, you know, right. I think some people like that can be hot for some people and it is for both of you. You guys are just like perfectly aligned like that. Some people might be like, let's fucking get to it. But some people are like, oh, this is hot because it is a thing. It's like, And I think that the, they call it edging, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, the past like 10 years, you know, we'll say now that I've been in New York, I had a job at some point where I was traveling a fair amount. And so obviously when I would travel uh, and I went to like some, you know, like you said, some of the Bible Belt areas, like... I'm going to put Nashville in that category. Just yeah, because. Nashville. Yeah, it's that's like what I yeah. easy to find deviancy in those cities. Uh, yeah, that's where I Once was you, when someone told me this This is what you're going to see the church and you're going to see the porn shop because the church yeah. and the porn shop. It's like right next to each other. So that's what you Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. It's, like, it's like every, like, you know, once you get outside of the city, it's like, yes. you know, for every two churches, there's a gun shop and a porn shop. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so I found deviancy pretty easy there. Yeah. And there was a lot of guys who were just like looking for like random hookups. Also a lot of women looking for random hookups. Interesting. And, you know, when you travel on, you spend time in hotels and you work your way to a hotel bar. Some of that stuff, some of the stereotype is true. Like you do see a lot of women, you know, professional businesswomen who are like, I just need to get fucked tonight. Like I've had a shitty day of travel and like, I don't necessarily want to like, Staying on the bottom line, I just don't need someone to like fuck me, and then I'm gonna go to sleep and have an okay day. Right. You do see that a fair amount, right? Yeah. And you see married women who are just like you know in shitty marriages, and they just need like a release. 
so you encounter all of those things when mm-hmm. when you're traveling and particularly if you're traveling like in in, in good hotels it's it, that stereotype is totally true and i took advantage of that stereotype <laughs> and really leaned into it but i wouldn't I expect to, anything less <laughs> yeah but then and at the same time i've also started indulging a lot more with escorts because you know at a certain point i realized okay you know what I'd rather go, and there's less exposure on my end. I totally get it. If yeah. I go see a high-end escort, mm-hmm. then if I start trying to develop uh, a relationship outside and pick up women outside, you totally, know, I had yeah, this, it's more transactional one, like, and it's safer in a weird way. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And you know, there was that one relationship I was telling you about where it got just a little too emotional. Yeah. And I knew that I was failing her. Mm-hmm. Like I knew she, I knew she was really into me. And wanted something more that I couldn't give, and didn't didn't want to. To be perfectly honest, like I'm, I'm happy with my marriage and my life. Yeah, you and said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I just started seeing a lot more escorts. Unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm in a position where I can indulge in, in like a high end escort, you know, a couple times a month, and it's not gonna break your bank. Yeah, it's not gonna break my bank. Like I yeah. don't have to save up for shit like that. Yeah. So I started doing that. You know, and there's like websites you can go to and find out stuff. And there's this one called like acronym is t-e-r uh-huh. um and you can find like reviews and and whatever it's yeah. horrible to use but you can find it in and you find like people who are members of that site who have similar tastes to you so you look at who they've seen and you know there's ways you can like really narrow it down to yeah have like a, a curated ex- experience yeah uh, and then you you know most of them you know most of the high-end escorts require some sort of like pre-screen where you you know, have to write in and then you tell them like your interests and your hobbies and all this sort of stuff. And they actually like really curate an experience and, you know, send them like wardrobe information, inspiration. Um, so it's a cool experience. Like, you know, yeah. and so I started doing that through that. I met a girl and we hit it off. Like my wife at this point, this is COVID. Yeah. She was traveling a lot for work. We were mm-hmm. both like traveling a fair amount, um, but she was traveling a lot. And one of these times where she was, gone for an extended period i was like okay i'm gonna indulge and, and there was this girl and, and we just hit it off like physically i could not draw someone or paint someone who was more physically my type i was yeah. like wow and then we just like oddly got along really well that first time you know i remember i booked it was like two hours and i ended up saying like five like just hanging out with her talking and then when I was leaving, she was like, God, she's like, I hope like we see each other again. And I was like, yeah, me too. And then we did the second time. Mm-hmm. And the second time, again, she was like, hey, you know, why don't you spend the night? And I remember thinking, For like, free? Okay. yeah, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like there, there was a transaction. There was a financial transaction. Right. But, you know, she had like, you know, a lot of these girls have like overnight rates and stuff. Yeah. She didn't charge me the overnight rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, so it became like almost like a monthly thing, you know, where I would see her and. I was at a point where I was pretty much seeing her exclusively as, like, in terms of, like, escorts. Yeah. Uh, still indulging a little bit with, like, double list random mail hookup. And, uh-huh. you know, at this point, I'm, I've, I'm, I don't see trans women all that often because there's a it, – it, it's just, a, you know, without, without being too broad of a stroke, it's less safe in that area. Okay. Right? Like, mm-hmm. They tend to be, like, much more centered around – transactions and they're just not as safe and and by safe i mean like they might see three or four guys in a night on a saturday night right. and that's pushing the bounds of safety for me mm-hmm. so 
you know, do still see you hook up with married guys because um, there's still a lot of that. But I was seeing this girl, you know, monthly. And it got to the point where, like, you know, we would make plans to get together. Wife's out of town. And she'd be like, hey, the hotel's going to be X amount. And that was all she was charging me. Right. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I fly like a shit ton. And, you know, I have all of these rewards points that I'm never going to catch up on. One time I got us a hotel room. And I said, hey, I got us a hotel. And she's like, oh, awesome. And there was no charge. Like, we just hung out. And, you know, got a hotel the next time in Midtown. And we went out to dinner because, like, I mean, yeah, it's a safe area, right? Who the hell's going to, who are we going to run to in Midtown that I know? (laughs) (laughs) know, Well, you're a downtown guy. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'm actually a downtown guy. Well, like, like, uh, you know, if, yeah, I got it, yeah. But like, it's like, you know, if you if you want to like have an affair with someone in in New York, where do you go if you live here? You go to Midtown. You know? <laughs> That's so funny. You know, yeah, you're just not going to run into people you know. Yeah. So that became like a thing, and then I didn't spend the night at her place ever. But you know, it became a thing where like, you know, I know her name, her real name, her civilian name. I know who her parents were. I've met her brother. Wow. Like it was turned into like a real affair, mm-hmm. and yeah, again, this is pre-COVID, and I was like, "Holy shit, I'm having an affair with an escort!" Like this is kind of bonkers, and she's like this sexual dynamo. Like if you everything that I'm into, she was into, really into just like exploratory sex and like no holds barred. It was great. Yeah, you know, COVID hits and and that kind of changed everything, and it really forced me to like reevaluate behavior and I stopped obviously we stopped traveling no more business travel you know I've changed jobs where I just don't have to travel anymore Uh my wife is traveling significantly less but that led to more like okay well if I'm gonna have like this you know and I I, I'm not seeing that girl anymore uh the escort because that all kind of fell apart we we left the city for a good chunk of like early COVID which oddly like isolation like made me and my wife a lot stronger um, yeah, I was going to ask, like, how was it when you were you able to scratch that itch? Like, what what was that like for you? Yeah, initially it was like a little, I think there was some withdrawal, you know? Yeah, the, of course. The, you know, but then it got a lot better. And yeah, there you go. We're like in a super strong place. And, uh-huh. you know, the itch I'm scratching now is like generally like these married men hookups. And yeah. they're pretty common. And, you know, we live in like building you know, an area where like there's some of these massive you know, obnoxious apartment condo built high rises. Uh-huh. And there's a guy in like my building who we hook up with. Oh. I hook up with Fair you know, and oh I, it's like we've You're seen just like an endless and... vat of like really interesting, like random stories. I don't know. I just love all these stories. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it turned into this thing where like, you know, we were like corresponding and I was like, hey, I live in this area. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, me too. And I was like, okay, I live in, you know, X building and he's like yeah I live in X building as well and I'm like okay I'm in this tower oh I'm in that tower oh my god and because you know it's like again you know you, you can in New York you can be very specific and narrow down your your choices because yeah. you know just population density mm-hmm. and so it's like okay I need to have like these quick hookups so I'm going to narrow it down to my neighborhood yeah and I did. and like you know there's guys who are looking for the same thing in my neighborhood turns out in in my complex and so it's kind of great, you know, and like we can see each other when our wives are out for like, you know, if like I'm working from home one day and my wife isn't, I can be like, hey, dude, come over. 
Right. Like, and conversely, the same thing with him. You know, we've seen each other in like our building lobby. There's no acknowledgement, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like totally anonymous. And I think he gets off on that too. Mm-hmm. But that is, you know, and I still do see, I have started seeing escorts again. You did. Um, you have started, uh huh. And then again, it's kind of like I, I have point. I have like a wish list of escorts who I want to see, and I'm just kind of like going through that wish list. Wow, how much and are your I, escorts around? I always like pricing. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, most of them, you know, it's like a couple thousand dollars for like two hours, uh-huh. three hours, you know. Right, because they typically uh, I, book like you, you know, they're this much, but you, there's a minimum, right, so that they know for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's usually like a thousand bucks for like. You know, like an hour. Uh-huh. And then after you, you cross that, it really becomes about like, you know, they start, you know, it's like $1,500 for two hours, $2,000 for three hours. Okay. Goes so on. I generally yeah. like, you know, like multi-hour appointments because I, I just don't like being rushed. I like uh-huh. kind of like taking my time. And there's some other things like, you know, um, again, like I said, yesterday, I, I actually went and saw one because my wife was out of town yesterday. And I booked like a three-hour appointment or four hours uh-huh. appointment uh, because, you know, I had a specific thing where, you know, I have, a, I have a foot fetish and it's like not stocking season right now, but, you know, current style does allow for like booties and, and like, you know, maxi dresses and whatever. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to buy her a pair of like those Wolford stocking socks. Yep. We're going to go out and we'll go for a walk and hang out outside. And her feet are going to get warm and damp. And that's like really plays into my foot fetish. And then I can have fun. Right. So it's like, you know, you can do those types of things. And something about women who are professional in that price point is they kind of know and like they know what they're getting into. A lot of them are like really well traveled because men fly them all over. Yeah. You know, the girl I was with yesterday was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I have a client in San Francisco who's flying me out for the week. You know, they're well traveled. They, they eat in like really high-end restaurants and they spend their time because they kind of have to be right they have to be entertain men who are educated and successful and they have to be comfortable in like restaurants and she's this girl was like in her mid-20s and she's like yeah most of my clientele is in like their mid-50s right so you have to be able to keep up and to justify what they charge so it's it's a definitely a great experience i'm lucky yeah you know Somebody asked me the other day on, on YouTube, like, why don't you ask the condom question? I'm like, I used to ask it all the time, and nobody uses fucking condoms. They're like, well, let's just ask you, do you use condoms with all of these people when you're hooking up? So I do if I hook up with, like, like these random guys and yeah. I'm kind of talk them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Orally, generally, no. Uh-huh. Um, but, I'm, you know, again, I'm hooking up now with, like, guys who are married. There's, like, a, a safety kind of thing in that, uh-huh. you know? And then with escorts, it's like usually, you know, condoms are absolutely required for right. anything beyond that, you know, blowjobs, oral, that kind of stuff. No. But with actual like sexual penetration, yeah. So and you know, honestly, like, yeah. it, it, that is actually what, like one of the reasons why I don't really have penetrative sex with a lot of the female escorts because it's like I hate condoms, like, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd rather just like indulge in other areas. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I have recently actually started seeing some doms centered around foot fetish. Right. Um, and that's cool because they kind of like, you know, you can, again, be very specific with what you're into. And 
you know, I'm not really into like the whole dom submissive thing. Like I have no interest in being like tied up and whipped. But there is something really kind of sexy about like a female superior foot worship experience. Right, for your fetish. Uh, so, Quick question yeah, with so the guys. Happened. Sorry, this is my last question, but with the guys, do you now do it all? Like when you're hooking up with these that married guy, is are you uh-huh. topping bottom? Or are you switching? Or are you full on? I mean, what is it that you're doing now with Yeah, so with him it is he is really in he's a total bottom. Yeah. And I'm a, I have had you know, anal intercourse with man. I've been bought, I've been topped and I'm not into it uh-huh. um, at all. Yeah. Uh, and so it, he's a total bottom. Um, and so, yeah, he comes over and it's kind of strange, you know, like, like I'll blow him and then I'll fuck him and then he leaves. Right. You know? Uh-huh. Um, and that is the extent, that's the relationship I have with most guys. There's like one other guy who we have, we will make out. He's like really into making out, which is fine. He's yeah. only into like hand jobs and making out. Mm-hmm. And he just is into like oral. It's mostly oral. Right. Uh, with guys. Right. Um, a lot of like blow and go type stuff. <laughs> oh and go. I love it. But listen, Michael. Oh my God. I mean, like we could have probably just done one episode. Like you said, like I, you know, it's the same thing. Like I had the relationship and then I'm have the uh hookups with guys and then i have the escorts like you know you have all these different things going on at most of the time at all different times of your life we could have probably done one episode on each sort of angle but i love that you really came on here and gave you know your kind of whole life story you know in chronological order and it was just a little bit of everything and you've done a lot like it's kind of like I said we could have just done a foot fetish episode right. but I've done a million of those I love this because it really is like you know everything and you're not just a guy with a foot fetish you are to me it's more so all this cheating stuff and all the stuff that you're doing and even if you were single and doing this it would be interesting because you are you have done a lot so there's just so much here and I just really thank you for a great episode I really think it's great because there's just so much to it I mean oh cool yeah I mean I don't think your wife would think it's great if she heard it no 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 (laughs) but I mean you know it's super interesting all the stuff you're doing uh thank you so much for calling in and sharing it yeah I mean yeah I I love your show you know Mm -hmm. absolutely and then, you know, I, I discovered your show during pandemic boredom. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I absolutely loved it from the first episode that I heard. Uh, and found some, like, community with some of the hosers. Awesome. I love it. So you're like, you know, you're my favorite. So thanks so much. And now you gave me a great episode. So thanks for well, that, too. Um, ex- what do we call you, Mikhail? Thanks, Mikhail. Yeah. Thanks, so much for call- <laughs> thanks so much for calling in. Well, thanks for having me. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube 
as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.